What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Actors with Issues. I am your host, Juan Ayala. Today's guest is actress and singer Stephanie J. Park, who you may have seen in the original Broadway cast of Warpaint, The King and I, as well as the national tours of Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella, and as Eliza in a little show called Hamilton. Please welcome Stephanie J. Park. Hello. Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so happy to be here. Let's start with you and how you got started uh, performing. Oh, wow. Okay. So I am the youngest of three sisters. Well, I have two sisters, Mm -hmm. so three girls. And we were born and raised on Guam, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, a territory of US. A lot of people don't know what Guam is, but um, it's funny because just a week ago, I was home watching some home videos of my mom performing. So my parents were really big on Guam as like, you know, in the first opera on Guam, my mom was Mimi and La Boheme, and that's the home video mm-hmm. we just watched the other day. And um, they were super involved in the choral, and like the Guam Symphony Chorale and all these organizations. And so I really grew up around music and mm-hmm. I feel like I was just trying to play catch up for most of my childhood. I remember yeah. like specifically, um, my sisters would like sing and like do a coordinated riff or a harmony. And I'd be like, Oh, I want to sing with you guys. And they'd be like, you're not ready yet. Like you don't know how to do it yet. (laughs) And so I I feel like um, perhaps maybe why I'm still doing it is because I really, I grew up loving it and just wanting to be as, as good as the rest of my family. So Mm. that's, that's, I guess how I started. And I, I was much more classically trained. So um I didn't really even know what Broadway or musical theater was until like late middle school, high school. Mm. So before that, I was super, super opera heavy and some ballet and such. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, Are your sisters? (laughs) Well, then after that, I went to school at Northwestern for a year for opera and then transferred to uh, CCM uh, Conservatory in Cincinnati, where I got a BFA in in musical theater. Gotcha. Are you are you still are you like the only professional performer in the family, or does everyone still still perform? Um, yes, perhaps the only professional one. My my sister still is very active in the theater slash dance community in Minnesota, which mm. they have a ton of art over there. I I really have mm. no idea. Um, so she still performs with the with the musicals over there and some dance troops gotcha. and whatnot. Um, and yeah, I guess I guess I'm the only professional one technically my my parents are always super involved in the church choir and tends to direct or conduct Mm. the choirs and whatnot but yeah gotcha and when you were younger uh or when you sort of decided to or when you first decided to uh become a professional performer was there any pushback or were they very encouraging because I feel like it's very divisive with a family of performers some are like oh my god amazing others are like nah do you sure you know (laughs) right well especially I mean in an Asian family too which is mine um but luckily (laughs) I had Mm -hmm. no pushback I actually have I I know how lucky I am to be able to say that I have one of the most supportive families of all time ever so Mm. um the one thing I would say is when I told my dad that I wanted to pursue voice in college the one thing he said was well are you going to be the best are you going to be the best and I said, I'll, I'll try my best. And he said, okay, <laughs> okay then I'll support you. <laughs> and that was really it. And since then I've had, if anything, my struggles are my own confidence issues. And so mm. my family's there to 
support me even when I lose confidence in my own abilities. You know, my mom's like, oh my God, you're the most beautiful voice, most beautiful singer, you know, and she'll just like yeah. nonstop tell me how, how perfect I am to, uh, for this industry, for singing and as, you know, as an actor and everything. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm very lucky. I have kind of the opposite thing. Yeah. It, it's a little hard sometimes to get an unbiased opinion from a family member, you know, they're just like, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, uh, I forgot what show it was, but I asked, I think it's when I did the mystery of Edwin Drood a few years ago, I asked my mom, like, oh, like, who's your favorite, like, what was your favorite song? Or, like, who's your favorite character? Like, oh, you were, or, you know, like, okay, <laughs> but like, who was it really? Because it's, a, <laughs> that show especially is like a big ensemble of characters, right, you know? Right, right. <laughs> well, it's funny too, because my mom will just as easily text me notes, like in intermission. I had to tell her to stop <laughs> texting me notes or like, she went to senior my senior That's showcase good. at CCM and she like rated everybody on a scale of one to ten oh and wrote down comments on. So she's she's definitely a character. She's yeah. more supportive than anything, but she's like very quick to be like, "Oh, your face looks very bloated today. You should you sh- you shouldn't post that picture." Or like, she'll she'll very <laughs> she'll very quickly tell me <laughs> the good and the bad. So I trust her mm. opinion as authentic to her, but it's definitely her own her own opinions. Right. <laughs> But she's not afraid to voice it at all. <laughs> oh my God, no. I, if anything, I'm like, you don't have to say every single thing you think, mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love that. Um, so growing up um, around what age or like when would you say was the moment that you really wanted to to officially like pursue it to not just do it because um, it was fun or because you liked it, but to really be like, no, I want to be like a working actor or a working performer. Yeah, um, that's a great question. I don't know if there was any specific defining time that I decided Mm. that. Um, I knew that in high school, and I still, I still, I'm not sure about like exactly what career path I want to take sometimes Mm. because, um, kind, I kind of have stayed the same since high school, which is like I really like singing, and I like singing pop and jazz and opera and theater Mm. and you know like I I like everything and I love watch I love actors I love like everything there so I think actually the reason I chose musical theater when I did was because it was the most diverse um in my opinion at the time you know uh Mm -hmm. art form where I could be a singer and or an actor and or a dancer um Mm. and I could do it in all the different genres you know so when I chose that that was at Northwestern I had like I had, I actually had the best year of my life at Northwestern. Um, and then I transferred to CCM because I think I felt so behind in my training when it came to theater specifically. Mm. So I, like, I never played any principal roles in high school. You know, I was Mm. like, not really a star in that way at all in my high school community. Um, so I decided to transfer. I think maybe that might be the moment that I was like, I think I want to do musical theater specifically, at least for a Mm. little bit and kind of almost have someone give me a path (laughs) because I was so unsure of it. And and since then I followed the path, but I also am trying to kind of forge my own, my own as we move forward. Mm. Yeah. That's one thing that's really great about musical theater in particular is how much the sound has changed. Mm-hmm. um you you know uh to my knowledge I'm not I was originally classically trained but then once you 
you know, only pursue musical theater, your voice will sort of adapt to to that sort of to those stylings and whatnot. Yeah, just how diverse the catalog is of musical theater and how the original musicals way back in the day sounded very much like operas, but mm -hmm. they were um, just modernized and were new stories and, and, and were perhaps produced in a slightly different way. Um, <clears throat> there's actually a good segue into uh, one of the uh, submitted questions. Uh, so let me pull it up really quick. I should have had that already. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's from Miguel, who's a fellow actor. Um, he says, in terms of Hamilton, what's more difficult, the rapping, the singing, or the dancing? Oh, well, I don't have to dance because um, I'm not one of the dancers in this show. Mm. So, luck so I can just, you know, take that out of it. But I will say that I have a crazy amount of respect for the dancers because it is mm. a ton of work. They're just like <laughs> nonstop dancing for three hours. Um, okay, so you said the rapping, the singing, or the acting, or the dancing? Uh, it was dancing, but we'll switch that to acting then. So oh, rapping, okay. singing, or acting. Um, I would say, so I started off as a standby where I was rapping as Angelica, but now I'm playing Eliza, so I don't have to rap anymore. Mm. So rapping in the beginning was was the hardest, just because I was mm. like, there's, me rapping is just like a hilarious concept to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so at first that was hard, but because, I, because of music rehearsals and just like the way that I am, I drilled that into me mm. so that by the time I was doing it on stage, it, it wasn't really a problem. Now, singing and acting is pretty much a tie in terms of the difficulty, in my opinion, because mm. Eliza sings so high. And I think it's pretty common that she, Eliza, has like vocal problems or whoever the actor is that plays Eliza because mm. it's constantly so high. And more than often, they kind of like it more in your chest or your belt area, which was a little surprising to me. But you also have to imagine and play a scenario where your husband like openly horribly cheats on you and then you lose your son in a pretty quickly in a, in a scene that comes pretty quickly after that so the acting of that is like I never ever ever want to mark it and I never want to not give it the full weight you know so mm -hmm. in terms of maintenance I think the singing is is the hardest and then in terms of like actually doing some of those scenes the acting really takes over as as first place for the artist mm -hmm. <laughs> such a roundabout answer i'm sorry but no 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 it's <laughs> <laughs> your answer yeah um so something that you mentioned in the uh in like the questions that i that i sent out previously mm -hmm. was um i'll just i'll just quote what you wrote um i had asked did the career ever seem distant or unachievable and you said even while working on Broadway or in national tours, I always felt like a fraud actor until I started working with uh, Laura Henry, uh, your acting teacher. Um, mm -hmm. So I just wanted to see like what you could tell us about that and, um, and what you learned yeah. um, with Laura and how you overcame that. So Laura Henry is like, I'm like one of her disciples at this point. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, she probably would hate that herself because she hates like attention and accolades and all that. But she is, mm -hmm. she is an incredible acting teacher who, um, she does a lot of other things. She was a, she's directed in her life. She's acted. She's done a lot of like script editing and whatnot. Um, but I think her primary thing that she's known for is, uh, teaching acting and she teaches the Meisner technique. 
Mm-hmm. And the very first class I took with her, Meisner one, was interesting because I, my whole personality changed after that class, which is a, mm. an unexpected side effect because for the first time, and it sounds crazy to say as someone who has made a living off of being an artist for a while, um, I didn't really know exactly how I felt in every given moment. And I didn't know mm. how to unfilteringly like how to truthfully respond with absolutely no filter because I'm so Mm. used to being um, taught about manners and how to be a kind nice person and you know um, oftentimes that directly gets in the way of like if I'm angry or sad or whatnot it was really hard for me to show that or to even recognize that I felt it because I think I I really judged anger as a bad emotion so Mm -hmm. One of the things, one of the main lessons I think is learning that there's no such thing as a, as a negative emotion, really. Like every mm. emotion is super important to feel and plays a purpose. You know, I was blocking anger out of my life and it was manifesting in other ways, you know, and anger is so important because if someone's wronged you, you, you got to know, <laughs> you have to know yeah. how to respond to that. So, um, learning how not to judge every emotion and letting it freely pass through me was a big thing. And then also just being able to, in every given moment, tell you exactly, be able to exactly articulate how I felt and why and Mm. what you were doing to make me respond a certain way, you know, like that awareness of self Mm. was huge in that. Um, And she's a teacher who really, she, she's teaches, really famous people and she teaches completely new beginners, you know, and she is really great at taking you, taking every student, meeting them exactly where they are, but then pushing them in a kind, but very firm way. So yeah, yeah, she, she helped me, she helped me a lot and she really helped me access my emotions um, and gave me a technique to actually work on scenes um, with kind of a template, you know, that all this homework that I had never really done before when it came to scene work. So, yeah. I would say that probably one of the most difficult things, uh, and I was just talking about this. I never, I do so many of these interviews uh, at this point. I forget (laughs) who said what. Um, I think I was speaking with um, an actor named um, Roman Taragosa. Um, He's on the West coast also, you know, did theater, but much like me, it just ended up doing, somehow stumbled into tv and, and all that stuff mm-hmm. um and that whole side of things um which we'll get into in a little bit um but you know just one of the most difficult things um for me at least uh, as someone who started in musical theater is then transitioning to when you don't have a song to back you up and all of that it's like well yeah. i have to just act now like i didn't really oh, yeah. no one really taught me how to act it's always just like saying these notes and whether it's a park and bark or it's this full on, you know, uh, dance number, it's um, all of a sudden, well, you don't have like a cello to push you to those emotions to make you feel sad or, or a, a crash to make you, you know, you then have to sort of just totally rely on technique that you never learned or, right. or just sort of muster something up. Cause it's, you know, we spend so much time on like learning the songs and drilling the, the dance the dance numbers and all that that acting sadly sometimes takes a back seat at least I w- I've never been on Broadway so I wouldn't know if that's the case on Broadway but in you know when you grow up doing community theater and in colleges that's often the case um 
Would you agree? And, and would 100%. you? hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Yes. Um, especially because I come from such a musical classical musical background. So acting was just like, I have no idea. Like I had no idea how to even approach a scene really mm-hmm. um, until her class. And I think just, just having someone who is so knowledgeable while you practice doing it for the first couple of times and just mm-hmm. get more and more comfortable doing it was super important. But I totally agree with you. I'm like so impacted by the, by the music. I think like a lot of the time music does the homework for you, does the work for you because mm. all you have to do is feel it and it's, it's mm-hmm. there, <laughs> you know, whereas like yeah. scene work, you're, you're naked, you're, you, all you have is your, mm. your heart and your body and that's it, you know? So yeah, I totally agree. Doing, doing scenes without music was so scary to me for so long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially when you do like your first play. Oh my god! You're just like, oh my I god! I haven't done do one yet. That would scare to... me. I would be so scared. Oh really? But I'd be so excited. Yes, I would yeah. love to do it. There was a year that I just like took off. I just took a year off of musicals. I was like, I want to act. I want to act, act. And I did like three plays. Wow. Over like a year. Um. Uh, there was a small theater company that I helped found back in Connecticut. Um. When I was still living there, I'm in New York now. Uh huh. Um. And really learned a lot as an actor just getting to break down a character and not have to worry about like okay now I have to go to music rehearsals oh my god my voice right. uh, uh, you know gotta stretch before the dance right, <laughs> rehearsal right. or all of that stuff you know you're still doing your, your normal self-care still staying limber and all that but um really getting to like to focus on um on just acting and um you haven't done a play yet but is that something that you would want to do and also Absolutely. are you interested in going into like the on-camera stuff Yes, absolutely. Um, I would love to do more on-camera on work as well. I'm actually mm-hmm. in New York right now about to film a web series um, mm-hmm. called The Blessing. It's written by Leanne Kay. Um, and I'm really excited just because it's it's a first step into on-camera work. I've done a ton mm-hmm. of self-tapes, but I think, yeah. um, I think I was subconsciously holding myself back because I have this thing that I think is both good and bad in some ways where I have to be like overly ready to do a job before I do it Mm. but that's not great you know you I just want to like dive in before I'm ready so I think I'm really excited to shoot this web series because um I have a little fear of the camera that I need to get over for sure and Mm. I have been slowly getting over through these self-tapes but this feels like a great concrete first step into that world that I would love 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 to be a part of yeah yeah going through that transition is is really challenging um especially when with theater you're taught to you know the whole stage is your frame the whole proscenium you gotta fill it and the back row has to hear you and you've gotta you know fill the room and then with tv it's like nope it's a tight frame this is all we're seeing you've gotta you know don't if you move an inch forward you're out of focus like you can't you know it's like you're sort of like it's like the whole thing is just a park and bark and you're just like standing there. The whole thing is move. a park and bark. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think what scares me the most about the camera um, is just the having to watch yourself back part. Because in theater, like I love, I love being on stage for some reason. I don't care how many people in the audience, I feel very comfortable. And I think mm-hmm. it's because I never have to watch it back. <laughs> right. But then when it comes to like self-tapes, like there's nothing worse than having to watch yourself do work, especially when, 
when you're kind of going through the process of it before you're proud of it. So all the mm. like bad takes, you know, you're like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> but I would, I really, really have to get over that. And I, and I am, I'm definitely on my way mm. to getting over that fear or that anxiety, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. With, um, with self tips in particular, because I only, I mean, I done, you know, pre and during the beginning of, of the pandemic was, you know, there wasn't much work going on. So nobody right. was really self taping, but once we um, hit like September, October, it's like the floodgates opened up and totally everyone was, was going back into production or even new shows were coming up. And um, with self tapes, I've learned to just um, with, with auditions in general, you know, with, with theater, we have a catalog, we have our book mm-hmm. of, of songs and it's like, okay, the show is in the pop style in the vein of Mamma Mia, like, okay, great. I've got to, you know, you, like, you get to choose, but then with self tapes, it's like, all right, here's your scene. It's due tomorrow at 10. Like, it's like, okay, great. You know, yeah. you don't have all of that time to prepare. And I mean, frequently if it's like a TV co-star audition, it's three lines, you don't have much to prepare, but right. um, for and the larger you'll roles, have it's, like it's a- 15 pages of material that you have right. <laughs> less than two days to work on. Right. Yeah. yeah. Three I- scenes, guest star. <laughs> I mean, I'm Do definitely grateful for all the self tapes. I, I hated them at first and now I think there's such mm-hmm. great opportunities to practice and learn, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm definitely grateful for the self tapes at this point. Yeah. I used to hate having oh to like God. reserve half of a day to go into the casting oh office room. and yeah. wait in the room. And then, you know, it's, you do lose that little sense of, of, of human connection with the casting director and showing that little blip of, of who you are and right. yeah. taking the redirect. But again, if it's three lines, there's only so many ways you can say three, you know, there's only so many ways you can say, can I get you a coffee? You right. know, like if, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not much backstory is needed there. Um, <laughs> Um, but then you, then you've got like the medical shows that you're seeing six types of medication and, right, and right. all of this other stuff. Uh, those are fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you're like, uh, never fathomed, uh, anything medical in my path. And here we are. Right. <laughs> I need to be a anesthesiologist or whatever. <laughs> um, so you also mentioned, uh, you're working on an EP. Yes. Yeah. yeah I'm so really tell excited. Us about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think my my quarantine journey has been, or like mm. my, my main interest that has come out of COVID-19 is something that I've always wanted to do, which is songwrite and produce. And um, my boyfriend and I, we are, we kind of just realized again during quarantine that we are really good at writing together and we really, mm. really enjoy it. And he's, he's a really great producer. He makes a lot of beats and it, it's been this hobby for him for a long, long time. Um, but recently we finally have the time to actually invest in learning more about it. And, uh, we have a group of us called the creative house, which is there's Mm. six of us from tour last year. And we did like a two week creative house situation where we just like got together and, um, this guy, Dre, a good friend of ours, he, he is starting his own record label and has his own studio set up now. Um, we're so proud of him and he taught us so much about mm-hmm. recording music, producing music, writing music. And we got some great bops that came out of that creative house. And <laughs> ever since then, all six of us have leveled up in a way that is so exciting. 
Um, so yeah, so my man and I are writing an EP. We're not sure if it'll be an EP or an album or even just like mm -hmm. a series of singles. Um, I think I need to learn a little bit more about the music industry perhaps, but um, yeah, we, we were supposed to produce it in November, but then Dre got, oh, well, am I allowed to say this on podcast? Our, our friend got COVID, so we had to move it back. Oh, gotcha. And, um, yeah, yeah. So we won't get back to New York together until March. And that's when we're gotcha. going to produce all of it. And I think by then we'll have a lot more material as well. But it's mm -hmm. been, that's like, songwriting is something I've always, always, always wanted to do and was always very scared of doing, always super judgmental of my own creativity mm -hmm. and my own um, ability to write songs that were in any way catchy. But I think I shifted the focus away from like what would sound good to other people and more like what feels like honest self-expression to me. Mm. And um, that is going to resonate with somebody, even if it's just one person, you know, that's fine. Mm. That's all that really matters. So I'm really, really excited. Um, the, the goal is to produce it in March and we'll probably, it'll probably be out by maybe August or so, August, September. Gotcha. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's so exciting. I love that. <laughs> I'm so excited. It's like, it's yeah. been the biggest light of this whole COVID-19 quarantine mm -hmm. situation has been songwriting producing. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So I wanted to get a little bit into um, your audition process for sure. some of your past shows. So like, are they like, um, I'm trying to think, because I've heard of like the Hamilton boot camp and all that <laughs> stuff. So did you have to go through that or was it a little bit more of like the traditional audition process for you for Hamilton? Yeah, for Hamilton, I, I think I got pretty lucky in terms of my audition experience just because mm. I have heard of the Hamilton boot camp. A lot of people in Hamilton did the boot camp and then got a call like a year later that there was an opening, you know? So mm -hmm. I feel yeah. like that is more of the typical story for for Hamilton. Um, that for me, I had just changed my manager um, mm. and... It was actually my after a year of being super depressed and not wanting to do theater or art or anything. Um, mm. I just kind of like crashed for a while. And then after that, as I was like building myself back up and building a solid foundation, um, again, I switched my manager and, and told them that everyone tells me I should be in Hamilton, but I've never auditioned for it. And they're mm. like, what? You've never auditioned for Hamilton? I was like, no, I, I don't know. Everyone tells me I would be good in it, but I don't. So, so they immediately got me an audition. And then I did one for basically singing all the sister material. Mm. Um, and then they called me back a couple weeks later once there was an opening. Um, I did that callback, which was to sing through all the sister material again in front of the associates. So uh, Matt Gallagher is the associate music director. Uh, yeah, music director. Patrick Bassel is the associate director, and then casting and um, whatnot. So, I did that, and that was when I first got the material for the callback. <laughs> I texted my manager like, 
I can't sing this. I don't know. I don't know what I'm, I don't want to do this callback. Like there's no way because I was super classically trained. So every show I've done mm-hmm. before Hamilton is all like classic musical theater. Yeah. But during my kind of depressed year, I finally explored more felty poppy things, which I've always wanted to sing. But, um, and so Hamilton's my, is my first show that is not super classical and um what a took, show to start with <laughs> truly <laughs> and I took a lot of voice lessons and um the comic went well and then I had a very quick movement call after which was like just truly the the Skyless Sister choreo in the beginning um mm. or the Skyless Sister song and then some like some choreo that the actors do on the balcony so not not anything truly hard dancing wise yeah. Um, and then I got the call. So my, my journey was really lucky and kind of standard in terms of like how mm-hmm. most auditions go, I would say just the audition, the callback, the dance call, and then the official call. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so seeing, you know, like I had mentioned um, when I introduced you at the beginning, um, and as you just mentioned, a lot of the shows you did before were like, you know, the King and I, Cinderella, a lot of these like mm-hmm. legit sounding shows. Um, mm-hmm did you picture yourself sort of only like maybe never really getting into the more modern or pop sounding stuff at all or yeah well I definitely thought that my bread and butter was always going to be legit soprano things mm-hmm. um I I I aspire to be like a Kelly or an Audra McDonald you know like mm-hmm. that's the kind of work that was like my dream work for a long time mm-hmm. but that being said I've always had this love for contemporary music and I've I grew up listening to content I grew up listening to like primarily Alicia Keys Mariah Carey (laughs) and Christina Aguilera but then like conversely opera singers so there's always been this other voice in me that I've always wanted to use and that I did do casually but um musical theater belting is like a whole different category as well Mm. so I wanted to sing other genres for sure. I thought that I would have to sing those other genres, not in the context of a musical, um, Mm. but I wanted to sing them. And so once I kind of stopped limiting myself mentally in that way and took a lot of voice lessons and just like started back at the beginning and let myself fail and sound ugly and crack everywhere (laughs) you know when I was first like really trying to figure out the placement of the belt and whatnot yeah um which I still do I still I like to try to fail as much as possible when it comes to singing because I know that Mm -hmm. that means I'm gonna grow you know so once I finally put away my ego when it came to being a good singer and was like I'm just gonna let myself fail and sound horrible um, that's when I finally was able to sing things like Hamilton. Um, yeah. so I always wanted, I always wanted to, and I always had kind of a voice for it, but I just didn't have like that super pingy belty, yeah. um, mask in the mask. Yeah, exactly. The like sustained high notes, you know, that yeah. musical theater has, like those were what was scaring me the most. Um, yeah. but now, now I feel like I can almost, almost do it all. Hopefully. <laughs> Second nature at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, just looking at the shows you've done, you've gotten to work with like some freaking huge like Broadway names. I mean, you mentioned Kelly before and yeah. um, you were in the original Broadway cast of King and I. So you work with with Kelly. Uh-huh. 
She's um, she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Of, I mean, I can only imagine. I, even, <laughs> I actually can't imagine. Um, but yeah, what was it like? Um, I can't remember which came first. Was it War Paint or The King and I? King and I was first. Yeah. Gotcha. What was it like being like originating a, a, a production? It was really cool. It was my very first. Um, it was my Broadway debut. Um, mm-hmm. It was just so cool to watch their process, especially Kelly is just so professional and so prepared and so kind. Um, she's really soft-spoken, I think, because she's saving the gift a little bit. So she talks, mm-hmm. she's like always talking like this to you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so there was her. And then there's kind of the opposite contra- contrast of Ken Watanabe, who is like a mm. movie star and doesn't really speak English very well so there was this like he it's almost like he was fire and she was like water or earth Mm. maybe like Kelly's Mm -hmm. like earthy and Ken was like fire yeah Yeah. so watching them work together and watching the scene work um with someone who whose English you know is not in any way his native language was really 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 cool and there's something super authentic about it as well um but yeah kelly kelly's just like your perfect sweetheart woman she (laughs) she was handling a lot like she was moving at the time during the tony season and she has Mm -hmm. her kids so i don't i don't know exactly how she got through that but she did with a lot of grace yeah Mm -hmm. She's exactly what you want her to be, I would say. You know? <laughs> you weren't disappointed. Yeah. No, she's like everything you want her to be. She's graceful and beautiful and kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how long were you uh, in The King and I? The King and I. it always fluctuates from show to show. Yeah, I, I did it for 14 months. Okay. Yeah. And was Kelly in that entire run that you were there too? Yeah, she left just a little bit after I did. Gotcha. Yeah. I was just curious. And, um, was Ken also in it for that for that like I'm also just curious like what was it like sort of like when someone else would like get plugged in oh yeah uh, to the show's a new lead yeah Ken was not there the whole time we actually mm. had a decent amount of kings while I was there at least we had um whom Lee was awesome he was very like mm. dark uh king mm. and I can't, I'm so mad that I can't remember his name because he's he's pretty famous but we had another king i can't believe that i can't remember is it daniel him. d kim no i never i i don't think i did not get to work with him no Good. it's someone so famous that i can't believe this <laughs> i can't say his name especially because i worked with him. but he was the he was contrasting because he was a much lighter king um mm-hmm. so ken was kind of in the middle we had like a very light um almost like funny funny and yeah, just light. And then we had a very heavy and dark king as Hoon mm. Lee, who I, I loved watching his like whipping scene and his heavier scenes. And then <laughs> we had Ken, who was pretty much right in the middle, I would say. But they were all mm. amazing to work with in such different ways. And all I I haven't I have yet to work with a star that sucks, you know, like how people are like, <laughs> Don't don't meet your heroes or whatever. I have yet to meet yeah. anyone who is not just like a good solid human being that treats every single person with the exact same amount of respect you know i mm-hmm. i have yet to meet that so i'm very lucky in that way gotcha is it jose yana that you were yes jesus all right yes. i just googled it really quick i was Thank like who so played the king? <laughs> i 
can't believe. I hope he doesn't. Well, I do hope he listens to this, but I hope he doesn't. That one second. <laughs> we figured it out, Jose. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I feel like we we maybe do hear that quite a bit. The whole "Don't meet your heroes" thing, and it's yeah. always I've never experienced it. Thankfully, the the couple of like TV sets that I've been on, it, they've always been you know graceful and very very friendly yeah. um but i've also heard some stories of course. uh we won't do any name drops but you know there have <laughs> been um a couple times that you know people are not entirely professional or right. um actually come to think of it there maybe it was one or two people that i work with <laughs> indirectly it's like we were on set the same day but not in the same scene but oh, you know gotcha. you're observing you're on set you're just like taking everything in right. um you know, noticing some behavior, but you know, nothing <laughs> worrisome, but just like, you're like, Oh, really? Right. Dude, yeah. Come on. In fact, um, I was hoping like I, so war paint was with Patty Lapone and Christine Ebersole. Mm, and I mm. was really hoping that Patty <laughs> would have some kind, of a, <laughs> some kind of an explosion or just something that was like of her reputation in a way, you know, of yeah. her like who's slightly... taking pictures. Yes. <laughs> but no, she was, she was like, she knew all of our names the very first day of rehearsal. She was nothing but like super kind. And if she was difficult in any way, it was not to the, it wasn't to the cast. It was like maybe to someone else, but I, I never caught a whiff of that. And mm-hmm. even like there was one like mini thing where she got upset during tech, but she was so justified, you know, that mm-hmm. I was like, good. I'm, I'm glad that she didn't like she that yeah. she spoke up about that, but she was just another example of like, man, she's so great. <laughs> I almost, yeah. I almost wish I had caught caught like some kind of diva moment, but I never did. Yeah, <laughs> would make for a hell of a story. Just exactly. Like, I, I wanted what story. happened today. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted that story. I wanted like something, you know, or maybe like yeah. some competition with her and Christine, but that never happened either. They're mm-hmm. just super loving. They to saved each other. that for the show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they had it, it was on stage, but that's that's where yeah. it stayed. Ah. <laughs> uh. That's so, so cool. Yeah. Um, before uh, we wrap up, we've already been going at this for 40 minutes. Look at oh, that. Oh, wow. We're <laughs> um, surprising, actually. So, say again? It's surprising. It went by so fast. Yeah. Okay. Actors talking about, you know, acting is just time flies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, something that I, that I always ask, um, all of our guests is, is there anything that you've learned, um, or know now that you wish you knew earlier in your career? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's not even that I didn't know it before. It's just that time forces you to, to actually follow through with these lessons. So Mm -hmm. for me, um, it's the whole notion of comparison is the thief of joy and, you know, stay in your mm. lane and don't look side to side. Um, I think I, we've all known that. I mean, we've known mm. that since childhood, you know, but in this industry, it can be pretty difficult when you're, you know, when you go to school with the same people and then like everyone has different journeys and, um, and it's not even just about success. It can be comparison of bodies. It can be comparison of, mm. you know, friendships and relationships. And, you know, there's just so much there, but I think it is so, so, so important to celebrate others' victories as your own and, um, and know that there really, there really isn't, there is such thing as competition, but when it comes to art, is there really, I don't know, <laughs> you know, there's mm. only one 
there's only one you and there's only like only you have that voice and only you are going to interpret a scene this way and only you are going you know so I don't I don't really think that we can compare ourselves especially as artists because the whole point is to be authentic and to not you know mm -hmm. kind of be like held yeah. um side by side with someone else so I think that's I think that's the biggest thing for me and also just learning to really be as compassionate as possible towards yourself in an industry mm. that is already so difficult and like hard to kind of separate your value from or your definition mm. of self. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of mentioned having a super depressed year and I, the only way I got out of that was radical, radical, radical self-compassion, which felt super difficult. You know, it's like, mm. it's an action. It's not, it's not just like a yeah. thing. Or, um, and, you know, in moments of feeling lesser than or feeling just sad or just any, any emotion that gets you kind of down, I think it's important to treat yourself as you, as like, you would want your mom to treat you or your best friend to treat mm. you. Um, like you think every artist is like an inner, is like a child and it's really important for the parent side of yourself. You know, you're both the child and the parent to make sure mm. not to abuse that, that child, abuse that artist yeah. and really nurture it and love it unconditionally. I think that's super important. So that's kind of two things, you know, no such thing as competition and, no comparison. And then um, the second layer of that is just like really radically love who you are, <laughs> because if you don't mm. love yourself, I don't know how you're going to get a ton of other people to love you, you know? <laughs> right. So, yeah. Gosh, that's beautiful. Thanks. Thank you for sharing that. That was, I feel like a lot of people need to hear that, especially in a time where the vast majority of us aren't able to do what we love and, yeah. and sort of that often, life-defining thing because we sort of put all of our chip you know we put all of our chips into into being performers and in, in a time where we can't we're kind of forced to to take care of ourselves and to look back and be like what was the night not doing before right. um um like for me personally it was saying no was always kind of a thing mm. I was not necessarily being like I was never a people pleaser I don't think of myself as that uh -huh. nor do I really see myself as like a yes man? But I'm always like the nice guy, yes. you know? It's always yeah. like, that's always been a thing. Um, you know, if someone's like, hey, can you be my reader? Then like, great, Zoom call, I'll be your reader for your audition tape. But then it's right. like, um, just learning to be like, to boundaries. like check in with yourself and be like, hey, I'm sorry, I can't today. Right. Um, you know. That's huge. That's or, the part of my personality that changed with my acting class. Cause I was such mm. a, I was a people pleaser, super people pleaser. I was- so the nice person, mm -hmm. I think, but that actually ended up making me crash and burn in a couple of my friendships because I wasn't just saying, just telling them how I felt. So it didn't have to like simmer yeah. and, you know, so yeah, yeah, setting those for me, I think it was like setting boundaries and learning that it's like really okay. It's really okay to say no. You yeah. should say no. Cause I, I don't want someone to do something for me when they don't want to. It's like the worst, mm -hmm. it's like the worst thing ever to me. Yeah. Um, especially for actors who do a little bit, who don't do the theater that are like these long-term things. You're like, that's my job from this date to, to this date for, you know, mm -hmm. nine months, a year, however long. Mm -hmm. 
um you know doing more of the on-screen stuff you have all these people who want you to do stuff for free and it's okay to say no to that too right absolutely i don't need i don't need another short film that's Mm -hmm. not gonna get me anywhere and it's like you know and sometimes people see that as ego as like what you think you're too good for that or whatever and it's like well no it's just determining my value and and you know and that's it's, it's the just, same opportunity yeah. that you you might not want. Someone else is going to see in a completely different light, and that's right. that's like generous of you, to, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, to give someone else an right. opportunity who would actually value it and want it. Right. You know, it's like I I totally agree with you. It's 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 yeah. it is hard to say no, especially when it comes to art projects, especially because there is so much. Um, I think there's so much vulnerability involved with whoever created the project. Mm. And so it's like, it's not that I, it's not that I don't think this work is good. It's just that at this point in my life, I don't have time to fully dedicate to this, you know, um, in the Mm. way that I think it deserves. And that's, I think it's doing it a favor. I think saying no, when you want to say no is doing the other person the greatest favor Mm. personally. Yeah. And for me i've i've had to read a couple rough scripts and i always whenever i like especially if it's from like someone that you may know right they want you to look it over it's not always like it's like i don't know how to word that i don't know how to word this eloquently uh doesn't have to be eloquent but you know just like if if someone gives you like hey would you mind reading this pilot that i wrote or, or this web series or this short if it's not good, even if they're a friend or someone that we're very close to, we also shouldn't be afraid of being honest with them and not yes. just saying like, hey, I think it's great. This was amazing. It's like, um, you know, there's a way to, to be tactful with right. that also. Absolutely. It's like, it's horrible. Um, but just <laughs> learning <Good> <laughs> to, right. Yeah. Don't quit your day job. Like, no, that's not what we're trying to say. <laughs> um, but, you know, just... Um, Gosh, I can't put this to words. This is so no, frustrating. I think you are. I think you're doing a perfect job of it. <laughs> but, um, you know, just being honest, I think the honesty is, we talked about authenticity before, but authenticity and honesty are just so important because this industry, maybe not so much the theater side, but I'm sure it has its, its you know, its misgivings, but the industry can just be so slimy mm. and there are so many people pleasers out there that they're going to tell you it's the next best thing, mm. you know, because they want to be involved in case it is, but if it's not, right, then right. it's like, it's not going to go anywhere. So I think that that's something I kind of learned during the pandemic too, was just learning to be honest about art yes, and, and helping people improve because when I sent a, a pilot script to a few writer friends, they were very honest. They gave me a laundry list of notes and I was like, thank you. Thank exactly, you. Thank you. Because yeah. otherwise I would have thought this is great. Let's have a reading. Like, nope, you don't want to have a dozen actors read a bad script. You know, you want yeah. to work on it as much as you can and fine tune it. Um, That's exactly what I was going to say. I was yeah. like, if you are, if, if it's the opposite way and I'm writing a song and I want to hear a close mm. friend's input, the best thing they could do for me is tell me honestly what they think and I can mm-hmm. take what take what I want from their opinion of course it's not like the ultimate opinion right. but if 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 I just write a shitty song for example I'm sorry that word's not allowed if it's I okay. write a no, no, bad good. song or something <laughs> <laughs> and all my friends tell me it's good and then I bring it to I like put it on Spotify or something and 
to, to have like to, to put it out there in a world that's less safe than my own close friends and colleagues mm. because they never filtered it for me. It's like the, you know, I, th- I think the biggest favor you can do to someone creative is tactfully tell them your honest opinion. And then as mm-hmm. someone who receives it, it's like, well, thank you. You know, it's, it's not the ultimate opinion, but it is definitely something you can take with a grain of salt. You know, it's right. like, I, I would not want to do Hamilton, for example, without someone there to direct me and guide me and give me notes. You know, you can't, you right. can't do it. You have to, you have to lean on people. You have to collaborate yeah. with people to really make right. good art, I think. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're Jacob It's all Palmer. a collaboration. Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. So before we wrap up, um, we are going to, I'm just going to th- throw some questions at you. Okay. Uh, it used to be a rapid fire round. I stopped doing that because putting a timer made people nervous. Yeah. Um, so we're going to call this hilariously enough, That's getting to know you. Okay. <laughs> as if we haven't gotten to know you for the past uh, 45 to 50 minutes. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to just, so some of these are um, rapid fire. Some are going to make you think, uh, but starting with coffee or tea? Tea lately. <laughs> uh, TV or film? TV. Hero or villain? Villain. If you could be in the revival of any show, which would it be? Oh, if I could change my race and do it, what's Side story? <laughs> Maria? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what TV show would you like to be a guest star on? Oh my God. I would have given anything to be a guest star on the office. Of course it's not going to happen, but <laughs> that's like my dream, dream, dream show. They're probably going to end up doing a revival for like Peacock or something. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> uh, who is your dream co-star? Oh gosh. Uh, oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> There's no timer. So you're good. <laughs> yeah. Why did I react? Like there was a timer. Um, <laughs> that's Rashida Jones. Good choice. Love her. Um, your favorite accent to do in Can We Hear It? Or impression? Um, I, I can do like a very offensive Asian accent, but I don't know if, how much I want to broadcast it. You don't have to. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's offensive. That's all you got to know. <laughs> <laughs> what is your most recent binge watch? Oh, hilariously. Um, right now, the... I don't even know what it's called. The, the bling show on Netflix. It's like a reality show about rich. It's like crazy rich Asians, but a reality show on Netflix. Oh, I've seen. Yeah, I've seen the ads of that. I've, I'm really into it right now. Um, crazy rich Asians, but reality TV. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, that's what it is. Um, who was your childhood celebrity crush? Oh, um, Paul Rudd. Mm, good choice. Yeah. Uh, what film franchise would you want to join? Oh, Marvel. Most common answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if not that, then Star Wars, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't really know Star Wars. Uh, do you have a secret talent? Um, no. <laughs> Boring. Uh, what movie do you want to turn into a Broadway show for you to star in? Wow. Great question. It's a new question. <laughs> um, again, I kind of have to change my race, but Pocahontas, I'd be obsessed with mm. that. Um, and then if I didn't have to change my race, <laughs> um, 
it's actually a TV show. It's a Korean drama called The Uncanny Counter on Netflix right now. It's mm-hmm. it's a TV show, so I'm kind of cheating, but it's so cool. I'm really into that show. That, I mean, they like made action. an Office musical, so they did. Oh yeah, yeah, it was did. off Broadway for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Yes, they did. Okay, I I, I didn't see it because <laughs> I was on tour. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is the worst side job that you've had? Um. I mean, I, I was a server for a while, but I actually enjoyed it because mm. um, it was at this hilarious restaurant called Vito's Cafe. It's closed now where the singers, the, the servers were singers. So mm. even if I botched the job as a server, I could just sing and make them like me again. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's, uh, that's it. A person you would trade places with for one day. Um, Alicia Keys. Hmm. I love her. Good choice. Yeah. Uh, when were you the most starstruck? Oh, when I when I met Meryl Streep backstage of The King and I. So oh starstruck. God, so cool. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> um, someone from history that you'd like to portray. Um. Does Mulan count? <laughs> These answers are not great, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> Someone, some, oh, you know what? Like, she's not really history because she's alive, but like Sumi Joe, I think is amazing. She's an opera singer, mm. a mm. Korean opera singer. Um, I, I would want to portray someone Korean and hilarious that I can't tell you who. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and lastly, in 10 words or less, what advice would you give to a young performer? Love yourself. Treat everyone as equals. Don't compare. Beautiful. That was eight. Oh, <laughs> thank God. Alrighty, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Stephanie, where can people find you on social media? Yeah, I have an Instagram. It's at <laughs> Stephanie Slay Park. Um, love that. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a joke, but it's stuck and I love it now. Um, and I think that's it. I'm trying to get a TikTok eventually. I'm very bad at social mm. media, as I think you kind of learned too, but um, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll definitely accept any requests. <laughs> <laughs> and you can follow us on Instagram at Actors with Issues and follow me at Juaniela Official. Big thank you to our sponsor, Anchor, for supporting the show. Head over to anchor.fm to get started on your very own podcast, 100% free. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review wherever you're listening, and catch new episodes every Friday on all podcasting platforms. I'm Juan Ayala, and we'll see you guys next week.